This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Milwaukee. Start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, it's Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. And welcome to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with our friends at David Hobbs Honda. Fun show today. Joining me, Jeff Orlowski in studio. Jeff, welcome. Thank you. Fantastic. Good to be here. And once again, graced with the presence of Tony DeZino. Welcome, yeah. Tony. You guys put me on such a platform. I try to live up to that. So, but uh, you know, I I want to come down. I want to reach up to your level when you guys when I oh, come in here. Oh, please, please cut when, it out. It's when a the lo- stretch it's a... limo pulls up and the red carpet gets rolled out and all the girls are here in bikinis, you know Tony's coming. It's it's embarrassing, you know, with all these girls. They got a couple girls on the love seat over there. They're just waiting for the show to end. Just just don't stop giggling over there. You know, they're giggling and carrying on. It's a rare, it's a rare opportunity when I'm in studio and I'm not on the road. And uh, it is, yeah. So it's a beautiful. I, I, I always it, enjoy it. It's always good to have an entourage, Tony. It's okay. We don't mind. I'm just trying to be humble over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Martinsville, Monday race. What happens on Monday races, Jeff? Uh, they're boring, Steve. There's no action. You know why that is? Uh, I would imagine it's because they want to get out of town. They want to get the heck out of Dodge. And they want to run home and get on the lake or do whatever they want to do. Well, especially with an off weekend. You know, you, you those off weekends you have the week after are so rare that when you have to stay an extra day, you are even more antsy because that was the cleanest Martinsville race I, I think I've ever and seen. especially when they have to run a truck race before because usually those things are run, what, about 10 o'clock, I think, right? Yeah. On Mondays? And, yeah. So you've got... And the truck race at Martinsville is usually a caution fest. There's usually 10 to 12 cautions at least in a truck race. So power through that, too. Thinking, thinking back to some Monday races, uh, I know especially I, I, I want to th- – wasn't that Talladega race that they ran? No, they, they run a couple of them. But I thought there was one Talladega race they ran on a Monday that was, you know, green flag to checkered. Of course, the Monday night Daytona 500 a few years ago. Yeah. The, the legendary, infamous 2012 – it, it's amazing when they want to. They can run clean, can't um, they, Jeff? Yeah, they can. Uh, Kyle Petty, he wrote a, a good article calling the uh, the race the most non-aggressive Martinsville race he's probably ever seen. And you you really can't argue with it. You know, this is short track racing. This is where the feuds are, are made. This is where, you know, blood is supposed to start boiling under these guys, and it should set up a nice you know, kind of script for the season, you know, oh, are these guys going to go at it again? Uh, who's going to get payback for this wreck? 
And the the big uh, discussion is, did Harvick break check Denny Hamlin? And which you, he did. Okay, you know, but that's not <laughs> a story. It's a meh. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it yeah. is a meh thing. But I will always endorse somebody break checking Denny Hamlin. See, I like Denny. Or Joey Ish. Logano. Well, Joey Logano, you know. De- Denny in Martinsville always seems to have something coming to him there. So he's he's at least consistent where he's in the crosshairs. Not quite as much as the fall, but, uh, you know, he's keep, he's keeping up with that. So, You know, I it's <clears throat> I didn't think it was that bad. But I did, did Kyle – see, I was going to read that article, and I'm sorry, I forgot. Send, send emails to the host. Uh, but – did did he mention that it, you know anything about Monday races? How the generally they're clean? Because I think that's a big part of it. I mean, it, it's I, I should have crunched the numbers. No, he but. didn't. You know, he honestly he didn't really say much. He just the the headline is basically what he said: most non-aggressive Martinsville race he's ever seen in his life, uh, and he's been going to Martinsville for a long, long time. And then besides that, they just talk about. You know, the general lack of cautions, and uh, there was only one caution, um, you know, that wasn't. I want to say they did a Bristol race, too, on a Monday, and I think it, it was pretty Bristol, clean. Bristol last year, was a, the spring race, was a, a rain race yeah. on Monday. And it was, and it was fairly clean, clean too. Yeah. I mean, they, which they have been more, you know, since they, but it's, they've kind of tightened it in on purpose to encourage fender banging and whatnot. Yeah, the stuff that all the fans love. That's what I mean. Let's be honest. You, you got it. Wrecking or well, rubbing fenders is good. I'm not a fan of wrecking people for no reason. I, I like both. I'm not going to lie. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I enjoy chaos. I enjoy feuds. I enjoy rivalries. Oh, I didn't say that. Yeah, I, so do I. But I'm just saying the drop kicking guys. Ma- Martinsville's know. not Martinsville without a drop kick or without without some major form of contact right. at, during, at some but, point in the race. That is because of the nature of the beast. I mean, the, the right. thing's a paperclip. So Martinsville is kind of like an entity all of itself. Yeah, but, you know, you would think that there would be something, and they're really What's the all-time best? Is it Ken Seth and Logano? Is that the best? You know, I'm going to shove it right up your... Well, I think mm-hmm. I think the stakes of that made that a bigger mm-hmm. deal because I mean, if that that's happened before, where a guy comes back and retaliates, but never in the situation where it's a championship on the line and he wrecked Joey's championship at that point, and as for, he should, as he should have, right? Yep, and yeah, that's a get, case where right. I know I, I explained it many times, but he's Logano when he wrecked Kenseth at at Kansas, Kansas. He, he 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 screwed himself out of the championship. Yeah, he did. And, I don't, and to this, I mean, you gotta. It's a big picture, and he didn't realize it. And that's, I guess, Tony. That's one of the things that kind of frustrates me. I have the utmost respect for the captain, but when I see stuff like that, I understand Shell has this love affair with Joey Logano. I understand the sponsors love him, and, and that's they they've endorsed him. They've said he's our guy. But I kind of scratch my head when you when when you see other people that. That Penske has let go, and there's Logano. 
I, I don't get it. I mean, there's, you know, Team Penske has really evolved as an organization. And I, and I mean that in a good way where they're a lot less, they're a lot, sorry, they're a lot more tolerant of mm-hmm. bad behavior from their drivers than they used to be. It used to be you made one mistake and you were out. Paul Tracy era, you know, yes. that, that got cut off a thousand times over. But with Logano and some of the stuff he's done, some of the stuff Brad Kay's done, Blaney wrecked everyone and his dog at Daytona this year, you know, while he's defending uh, up front. So, it, it's a it's a new look team Penske and it's not something that you would have seen four or five six years ago. Yeah, well, and they're lucky that uh, Blaney had the success that he had last season because Logano his entire season was you know was dog crap. After Richmond, he was nowhere. I know. He got the encumbered win, and thank goodness that word's been the banished. Cucumbered, from... cucumbered win. <laughs> yeah, you know it. Uh, I, I do enjoy Penske. I you know that's I like the teams that have different personalities. And you know, like I said a couple minutes ago, I definitely do not root for Logano. I root for him to get thrown into the wall every race. But I like Brad Keselowski. I like these guys that'll sit there and speak their mind. They don't tow the co- the company line. They'll throw a bumper on you if they've got to. You know, obviously Logano took it too far with Kenseth. Uh, you know, Hamlin took it too far when he did it to Chase Elliott. So, you know, it is what it is, but it makes it entertaining. Speaking of speaking to your mind, Clint Boyer winning, that was fantastic. <laughs> that was great. I mean, I, I've always liked Clint Boyer, but, I mean, what he did, I mean, the celebration and everything, it, it was so good to see. I mean, you're talking about uh, 190 races, first win since October 2012, and, and for a guy that – persevere like he did especially that that one year with um h scott motorsports in purgatory basically oh, yeah he, i mean he, he was he was basically that was that's the Stuart haas racing halfway house where kurt bush was there at one point boyer's there at one point oh, that was you know, ugly. poor justin allgaier who never got an opportunity after that again that was you know unfortunate the former you know the reason why that team was purgatory is because it used to be phoenix racing it used mm-hmm. to be james finch and the red solo cups yeah that was proper and then it was just h scott was not the same thing but for boyer um i mean I don't know how long the party's going. It's still going, I'm sure. It will keep going through the off weekend. And um, I, the, 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 the dual ability to balance the kid on one hand and the beer in the other, Yep, that is, that is NASCAR 101 right there. And that, it's that's genuine. Awesome. Exactly. That's the biggest thing about it. You know, we, we, Jeff and I have been kind of on, you know, some of these younger drivers and how, you know, they're not Buddy Baker and all of that, but. Clint Boyer is close as you're going to get to a throwback, but also it's genuine, and it, it it's it's a joy. You you're kind of like sharing in that one with him, watching him, don't you? Absolutely. I've never met Clint Boyer. I've never had a chance to interview him, but he goes up there at the top of the list along with Rob Gronkowski of guys that I would like sports guys to go out to the bars with right. and have a fantastic you know four or five six day bender. And, uh, you know, and I'm like you said, Tone, I'm sure that party's still raging hard. The fact that he got the beer from the fan and then he's doing the interview, you know, that's Clint. And happy Clint is what NASCAR needs. They can really put some push behind him because he does resonate with the average fan. Clint, Clint is the NASCAR driver that used to come up before we had this era of you know yes. stereotypical younger drivers that have no personality, haven't been developed, 
And when it's a comeback story, when it's a guy who, as Steve, as you mentioned, has been out of winner's circle for six years, had the infamous fiasco at Richmond, Clint's one of the few NASCAR drivers I've had the opportunity to interview. And when I talked to him, you could tell he's so genuine in those moments of interviewing. I've never met the guy. You know, I've only done one or two phoners. And he still takes the time to treat you with the respect. And, and even if he's going on five, ten different tangents, you know, it makes transcribing a pain in the butt. But uh, it was it was a cool moment to, to have that understanding of, of what it means. When, when something that has been that long a drought gets gets uh, ended. Well, it's time for a break. Let's uh, take a short break here. We're sitting in studio with Jeff Arlowski, Tony DeZeno. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show. When we come back, we got some NASCAR news we'll get you caught up with and uh, have some more fun on the Final Inspection Show brought to you by legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway. Make sure to check out greatlakesdragway.com for the 2018 season passes, which are available on their online store. And David Hobbs Honda, it's springtime. It's time to get a new car. And uh, speaking of a new car, Tony DeZeno. How's that Honda Civic doing? I literally just hit the uh, the one-year anniversary of my purchase. Congratulations. My David Hobbs Honda uh, Civic EX from from the dealership so rocking and rolling almost ten thousand miles one oil challenge in the books all good now and how many girls can you fit in there from your entourage uh i mean it's a rotation so oh, okay ah uh, you, you can't limit yourself See, i and, thought you were going to ask uh including the trunk <laughs> of, course, of course he will obey you obey all the seatbelt laws of well course. that's a natural that's oh, okay a given, so. so you don't have like six or seven in the back seat you know piled up like cordwood you do have to focus on driving barely but you know (laughs) so all the giggling and texting and everything that doesn't get to you huh no no i mean that's that is the driver's mentality right there no matter how many distractions are in the car you gotta you gotta stay focused eyes eyes forward on the battle on the road and of course it was race number six martinsville speedway the uh built what 1948 i think it was and uh clint boyer your winner Started ninth once again. You got you got to stop. You got to start in the top ten to win at Martinsville. Apparently, Kyle Busch was second. Ryan Blaney third. Martin Truex is fourth, and uh, Kevin Harvick, happy was fifth. Should, should the competitors though be concerned? That Martin Truex now is starting to figure it out on these short tracks, too? That's just it. Is, I mean, when I saw his post-race interview after after the race. He said, if we can run fourth at Martinsville, this is our worst track. You know, uh-oh, that's a, that's a good sign for the It's like, you know, in Happy Gilmore when they say, uh-oh, Happy learned how to putt. So. <laughs> and one of the neat stats I heard, uh, A.J. Allmendinger, eighth, is what, his fourth consecutive top ten in that spring race there, I guess. He always runs really well at Martinsville, and he's done it with a, a number of different teams. I think he had a second there when he was in mm-hmm. the 22 car with Penske. He's been consistently good there in the 47. It's it's weird to see certain drivers, partic- like not just him, Danica was also really good at Martinsville, right. too, when, when she was there. And I, I don't I don't really have a good answer for that. But it is interesting where some of these open wheel guys at the the shorter tracks that kind of drive more like a road course almost did better than than some of the more mile and a half or two mile tracks that make up a majority of the cup schedule. Penske was running very, very well there. And then Brad Keselowski kind of faded at the end, as did Paul Menard, who was running very strong and was in the top 10 for a while. The the one no guy who didn't run as, 
I mean, didn't do anything really. It was Jimmy Johnson at 15th. Now do we start getting a little bit concerned? Maybe we I, just inch that. You know, you know what I, I wonder a little bit. The, the question. I don't know if it's as much Hendrick Motorsports or Jimmy Johnson as it is Chevrolet on the whole. Where you mm-hmm. look at you look at the results this year, it has been a Ford dominated year for the most part with the Stuart Haas guys. They're in their second year now with the body in the same car. They don't have the changeover. They would have had another win had Almirola won the Daytona 500. Harvick, of course, and now with Clint winning, Kurt Busch is still running well. But you look at the Chevrolet teams. Ganassi's not really up there. Larson hasn't done a ton. Um, and with, with Hendrick, I mean, this whole, the youth movement is not working and, and Johnson is not ov- able to overcome, uh, the rest of that team's in or cars deficiencies at the moment. See, I wouldn't say that Hendrick's not working. You got to give these guys time, you know, William Byron, uh, you know, he well, hasn't Byron. That's the five car. Well, you know, so that, that, that just gets, don't worry about it. He ain't going to do anything all <laughs> how, year. How much, anyway. how much of this do we, we want? We think is Chevrolet's new new car this year with the Camaro. It, how, how much of that is it taking time for it to come into play as well? Well, I'm sure it's going to take a little bit, but I'm not worried about Jimmy at all. It takes one week, and he's in the playoffs. And, I, you know, if I had to sit there, and if I think if any of us three had to bet our mortgage payment, will Jimmy Johnson make the playoffs? I know I'm saying yes. So I'm not worried about it. I think part of it, though, it, it's Penske. Penske and Stuart Haas. You look at Stuart Haas, they also have a Formula One program. You look right. at Penske, they're also an IndyCar and ALMS. All that stuff, not a lot of it, but it, it the, the, the changes are so minute. Anything helps in NASCAR. I, I just think it's from an engineering end. Those are the two most powerful teams now in NASCAR for on the engineering side in the past it was Hendrick Hendrick and Chevrolet I mean Chevrolet used to go to Hendrick for engineering help and now I think I think the tide has turned now Penske and Stuart Haas has passed up Hendrick I think that's what you're seeing right now I just think it's amplified because you have Stuart Haas that has won four out of six races granted three of them were by Harvick uh, you know, and then obviously Clint Boyer. I just think that, you know, it puts more of a magnifying glass on the lack of success so far for Hendrick. I think if the wins were spread out, nobody expected Austin Dillon, you know, the weasel right. to win the 500. Uh, <laughs> so I think if the wins were spread out among the teams better, that it wouldn't, the it, the the spotlight wouldn't be so bright on so far the early failings. Of it's, it's still end of March, early April. If it gets to be May, June, and the 48 car hasn't won, then you flash the warning signs. But yes. he yeah. still has Charlotte to go. He still has Dover to go. Those are some of the tracks where he traditionally wins. You know, it, it, it will take time. But um, playoffs, yes, I'm not concerned about him making the playoffs, but making it past the first round and getting into the round of 12, the round of 8, and the round of 4, that I do have concerns about at this admittedly early stage in the season. What about Kyle Larson? Kyle Larson will be fine, too. We haven't gone to Michigan yet. Yeah, you know, he's one of the one Chevys that, you know, he's been running up front and stuff like that, so I'm not worried about him either. Chevy will get it together. You know, it might take a few weeks, uh, maybe uh, another month, but eventually... You'll see these guys in victory lane. And that's the other thing, too. It doesn't matter now. Right. It doesn't. You, 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 like Tony says, you could wait, even if they don't start hitting their stride at, at, at Charlotte and Dover in late May, early June. 
I will say that with Clint Boyer and Austin Dillon already having wins, you do have to start thinking about, okay, how close to 16 winners are we going to get in the first 26 races? Because those aren't guys you would have necessarily picked right. out to win one. Um, if you get to 12, 13, 14 wins and you're, you're down to two, three, four guys making it on points. So that's, that's the only question mark where it's like, get, get your win bank it before you uh, run the risk of having to use points as you're getting. We saw what happened to Logano last year. He didn't, you know, he didn't recover. And Especially some of these road courses too. Well, yeah, but you look at the winners, you know, uh, does, you know, I don't, I can't speak for you guys, but there's no way that I see Austin Dillon winning again this season. And Clint Boyer, I think if he won, if he picks up a second win this year, I think that'll be a surprise. So besides Truex and Harvick, you know, it, I don't I don't see any of the of the winners so far going back to victory lane. Point being is that there's if those those are guys that you didn't expect to get the first win, then that takes away one of the other spots. That was more I was getting at. Yeah, I know, but I, I think that Harvick is definitely gonna win at least another one. Oh, uh, for sure. Yeah. You know, this year, so that'll sit there. Har- and- Harvick posted a great stat that the average age of winners this year is thirty eight point five. NASCAR flip through so much at the whole young gun next generation mm-hmm. thing at the start of the year and all of them are anonymous for the most part yeah. and, and i don't mean you know as a resident young person on the show it, it, it wouldn't you know be a week without me making yes i'm young joke but i kind of love the fact that there's been this predetermined storyline that it's just you know not gone to plan at all so shocking yeah. that nascar has a plan and it doesn't work out well, let's take a quick break here, and when we come back, we'll talk a little more NASCAR. we got some other things coming up, like sponsorship uh, stuff happening in the world of NASCAR. We'll talk about that. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway, along with David Hobbs Honda. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Hey, welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. We appreciate you listening, and we'd also like to thank Great Lakes Dragway for their support, along with our friends at David Hobbs Honda. Joining me in studio, Jeff Orlowski, the Polish pipe bomb. Welcome to the show. Yeah, love it. Love and, it. of course, Tony DeZeno. What's, what's going on in Tony's life? Well, I mean, you, if you're going to give him an, a Polish nickname, you got to throw some Italian sausage or joke the on Italian some, sausage. Oh, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> you got to throw some joke like that. I mean, we're coming up, you know, we Brewers well, opening day, new new sausage provider. I tell you, you what, you got to go out drinking with Tim Allen because he is the nicknamer. So yeah. that's who gave uh, him the Polish pipe bomb. Okay. Well, right. Until we do that, we call you the, what, Noki head instead I, of knucklehead? I, <laughs> TDZ works in a pinch. I, I don't know. I, I like TDZ. That's just that's a quick, easy three-letter, not quite acronym, but you get the point. Yeah, um, I have no idea how the hell to spell Noki. So, N O N O K I E. I think it starts with a G. Oh, the pasta gnocchi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I said. Right? Yeah, okay. G. No, it starts with <laughs> G. It's, it's with a G. It's a silent G. G N O C H I E. Two C's. Two C's. Two C's. H I. TDZ, yep, that's what okay, it is. Okay, we're going to go TD. <laughs> and yes, we are now spelling on air <laughs> as radios are clicking off all across the Milwaukee area and online. Martinsville, once again, yes, it was Clint Boyer. Yay, we are all happy in studio, but some other news happening. It looks like Monster Energy Drink is going to be coming back. Tony, 
Not surprised. No. I think it. I think it's been brewing. No pun intent. Well, that'd be a beer pun, but uh, um, no. I mean, I, I think there's been enough activation that Monster has shown. Um, the question I have is for how much they're renewing, that's for how much, thing. and for how long. I think who's, that's who's whose number is it? Monster's number or NASCAR's number? Right, I think it's Monster's number. Because I think Monster. I think NASCAR is NASCAR is very much in a we need Monster more than Monsters in a yes. we need NASCAR type scenario. So. Um, you look at not just the track side signage, but activation points and some of the you know concessions at tracks and how much monster stuff can we we get in market. Um, those are some of the things to think about. Um, and that, correct me if I'm wrong in this, but I haven't seen that on the 41 car this year. If I have, it's not. It's been in a reduced role. I was really surprised on air seeing Five Hour Energy sponsoring some. Something well, on. it can only sponsor Truex right. because it's grandfathered into that. But they also had sponsored something online, and I was wondering what the heck. I can't remember what it was, but it was something I remember seeing Five Hour Energy, and it kind of caught my attention. So, Yeah, well, you know, uh, I got something in common with uh, Monster Energy. I'm sure that they root for Kyle Busch to never win, you know, since he'll knock down whatever Monster Energy thing is on top of his car in victory lane and start oh, drinking right. that NAS. Yeah. Uh, whatever uh you know killer fuel that is but uh you know so i got that in common it's good that monster energy sticking around the last thing you need is nascar to lose their title sponsor and then have to sit there and possibly pillage a sponsor away from one of the cars and there's and, also time for it to, to grow now where I think, you know, we had such a long 30-plus year run with Winston. Nextel Sprint was a, I think, 12- or 13-year run when all was said and done, 2004 to 2016. So, you know, for Monster, this is only year two. So they haven't really carved an identity with the sport yet. So, no, with, with an extension. That's well, what I was going to say. That's the identity I put with it. But is but is that helping NASCAR grow beyond just you know it's that's that's a monster thing. It's not a NASCAR. Thing. Have they lost the Southern Baptist audience? That's the question. Uh, I doubt it. Boy, well, Boyer, Boyer and Beer recaptured it yeah. on Monday. The um, Bush Beer though is back as the Pole Award. I think that's kind of an iconic award that's been that dates way back. But the only thing that really irritates me about that, whoever the sponsor is, the little flags holding that little flag up in victory lane when they win the pole. It should be something a little more substantial. It's just weird. You and know, that it's, little just, flag it's like and, you're, yeah. you're, you've gone out, you're, you've either run a, you know, 15, 14 and a half second lap at Bristol, you've run 200 plus at, at Michigan, and you got a flag for this, that. A little it's, flag. It's not yeah. a like a manly flag. It's not like uh, when somebody, like, you know, some Colombian wins a, a swimming match and you got the Colombian flag over or whatever flag you're in the Olympics or whatever. It, it's this little, you know, what, eight, eight by 10 inch flag. It just looks kind of weird, especially if you got a bigger guy in victory lane, somebody that's six foot or something. It, it, it just, I, it just, it seems, I'm surprised somebody hasn't come up with either like a, like a, just a, a background you could kind of slide in there you know, the Bush Award and there's something you could do that would make a more attractive photo, to be honest. Yeah, do it with a background and, have, you know, have the guy holding a piston or something like that. Or, something, yeah. Or, something manly. Or a couple of, Bush girls maybe next to him. I don't know, something. I, but I kind of like, like, like what IndyCar does where they, they give you the sticker and then you stick it on your car when, you, when you do that. Yeah. yeah, the Verizon P1 Award, they do for that. So if there was like a beer can, you know, you put on the rear deck lid or something or so, something that, that signifies what you actually do. Because where did all those flags go? You make a good point. 
point. It's like you get the flags and then they they go on eBay five months later or something. No. It's, yeah, it, it's if just that. it's just kind of ugly. I'm just not a not a big fan of it. Can we bring back the Bush Clash while we're at it? Instead of twenty five laps. Yeah, that's it. This, yeah. If this, we're gonna have the Bush Pole Award, can we also go, go back in time on that old front school, too? Old school, nineteen eighty. Boom. Just get it over with. Run it. I don't care when. Run it during the day on Sunday at night. I I, I don't care. Just it, it's kind of or get rid of it. I like to keep it. You know, it, it's entertaining enough. It you know it's it's too short. I think, but you know I I like it. I'll, I'll watch anything racing, man. Run it down the road course. <laughs> no, anything but road courses, no. man. They're, they're, racing Twitter. Oh, I yeah. still can. I still cannot get over that they're going to run that fall race on the road course at Charlotte. Yeah, that road that, that is just stupid. like Bizarro Superman to me. That is just so weird. I just can't get over that. And Kyle Butch is already uh, complaining about the course. Well, and- he makes a legitimate. I, I understand that you have this hatred towards him, but I mean, he 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 made a legitimate thing. You have to make it so it's easier to drive. You don't want these guys can barely drive a road course at as is. You also don't want to be driving straight at a concrete wall, right? At the end of it, why not? Just got a safer barrier. Not on the road course. <laughs> not know. on the road course. Sometimes they don't. Yeah, you know, I just you know, obviously you guys know I'm anti road course, but. Uh, you know, it's the it's the new fad. Everybody wants them, and uh, I guess I'll just have to suffer through until until the tides turn again. That's, and, a, that's a separation of church and state. I'm a I'm a road racing guy, so you know we uh you know we 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 get along in spite of our uh, both our our Polish versus Italian and oval versus road course. See if I ask you what the best indie race was last year, what do you say? Well, I mean, you sit, you default to the 500, but that's not. You know, that excludes Road America. That excludes, you know, some of the other ones that are. I default to Texas. That was a wreck fest. That was, was awful. It was amazing. It's awful. He likes wrecks. That was a good race. He likes. What was there? Six cars running at the end? I love Six up. or seven, yeah. yeah. Six yeah, or seven six or seven indie cars at I think the end was, of it is not a good. They they can't afford nights like that. A lot that's of right. I was tweeting the. Uh, I was bringing back the famous Trenton 150 of 1974, which four cars were running. But that was an that was an issue when they were just getting they were just in, it just started to use pop off valves and and guys were leaning out fuel. They had also a fuel mixture rule, so guys were leaning out their cars and they were burning pistons left and right. So that that's the issue, and it also occurred they had had the same issue at the 500 then later in the next month. In which you had, I think, seven or eight cars out by lap ten, wow. Car, including guys like Mario and that, where they were just burning pistons left and right or dropping valves. So, uh, BK Racing is to be operated by a trustee. BK Racing will be operated by a trustee as team owner Ron Devine lost financial control of the NASCAR Cup Series team in bankruptcy court Wednesday. Well, the good news is that is at least they're still allowed to race while they're going through the bankruptcy proceedings. So, you know, you're not losing cars on the track. Um, I don't know if he set up a GoFundMe page yet, but if I was him, I would get on it. <laughs> you know, it it sucks. It's just it's another another example of the races. Uh, NASCAR, the sport, it's too expensive to run. They got to figure something out. But everything that seemed to figure out to streamline costs doesn't make it any better. 
Tony, how do you get a small pile of money in racing? You start with a larger one. Yes, that's it. <laughs> and no, that bit was not pre-rehearsed. Um, but yeah, no, what's been actually been really interesting about this BK racing case is, is with all the filings and all the court stuff and all the documents is you actually see how much it costs line item by line item. You know, you, you think about, you know, not just the hotels, transportation, fuel, but like, you know, what, you know, what shocks cost, what a set of tires cost, you know, just on down, on down the line. And it's, it's really revealing to see that stuff. Um, that's a team that has been through, uh, it wanted to look big. I think because with, when they started, they had the whole Burger King and Dr. Pepper sponsorship. And, you know, I think that was a franchisee type deal, but they wanted it to be kind of in the front row motorsports mold, kind of like what Bob Jenkins did with that team. But they've never they've never been able to progress beyond that 30th to 35th place entry, where some of the other smaller teams have made minor but progressive insteps. I mean, you know, we don't think of Furniture Row Racing we don't remember when they started out. They were, you know, a start and park operation. Now they're the champions. But BK Racing, unfortunately, has never been able to progress beyond that best case mid twenty, you know, mid twenties type finisher. Yeah, it's. I I know this is. I know, in Daytona, the the whispers are. You know, this is kind of what they want. They don't want cars. They don't want teams to be bankrupt, but they want that back of the field be a little bit stronger. I mentioned F1 a couple of shows ago, how they want it more like an F1 show where they want the more they, they got, they're on this thing there. They want teams like franchises, like NFL. And once it's a stick and ball thing where they want, they're, they're trying to go for this and they want, they don't mind if they're the Browns, but they want to be a big, and a, you know, like a team. I hope I'm making sense here. Am I making well, sense, I, Tony? I think, I, yeah, I mean, what you're getting at is they, they don't essentially want field fillers at the back of the right. field. They want a solid 1-32, to 1-36. And I think we've seen in the races this year, the races have generally been cleaner. There hasn't been as many cautions, it doesn't feel like. Um, there's not been those kind of, you know, random 37th place guy that crashes out, you know, and, and ruins the, the thing as much. That being said, I think there's, I think there's a nostalgic aspect that goes away in this where when you do lose some of those small independent teams, that's mm-hmm. their aspiration is trying to make it into cup. And, you know, I think you're, you're only seeing guys that aren't at that level in the Xfinity and the truck series where the guys, some of the tailenders in those series are almost dangerously off pace. So there's a finite, line to walk between we want to encourage new guys into we want to have teams when there are charters well if you keep shrinking the field in the cup series where are these guys going to go that work their way up from trucks to xfinity you know they're going to have to start switching different to different types of racing or you're going to start losing these guys to uh the dirt and and they'll just run a bunch of dirt tracks and you know yeah the money won't be the same but at least they'll be competitive it keeps their competitive spirit alive They'll have a chance to actually win races instead of fighting for 35th in uh, in the Cup Series. So true. Uh, speaking of which, uh, John Hunter Nemechek did win the other race that was that occurred on Monday. Uh, I was at. I didn't even see that on TV. Was there any? There had to be TV coverage somewhere, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, they were yeah, both FS1. So some of us had. I saw Johnny Sauter got wrecked, and that was about it. But yeah, uh, it was a decent race. You know, it, it wasn't anything mind you know mind blowing either. Uh, but. You know, I I was sitting there on the couch watching. You know, I watched. I was watching uh, the Fox Fox FS1 uh, NASCAR coverage right after the race, the Cup race, and they spent like fifteen thirty seconds on it. I was like, well, 
let's do a little more than that. I don't expect half the show to be the truck race, but at least do it like a full segment on it. I mean, I thought they really short shifted it. Yeah, they did. It was a poor job of highlighting the lower series. And that's why uh, a lot of these, you know, a lot of these races, there's not a whole lot of people there. You, and you that's know? a small team. I mean, John Hunter Nemechek and his, his dad, Joe, who I used to go around with Tim Allen, was like, why is he even out there? And I'm trying <laughs> to explain to Tim that, you know, hey, front row Joe is okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that, it's a, that's a neat how what they've been able to do with that small team and to fight a lot bigger teams on the truck series side. And here he wins at Martinsville on a Monday, and he got hardly any press from it. You know, the hard thing is, is that who's really watching during the day on a Monday? You know, mm -hmm. it's the diehards only. So it's not like you're sitting there and you're going to win a bunch of new fans by doing it, but 20 to 30 seconds just doesn't cut the mustard. It would you have been give nice it... if they gave them a little more love on the on NASCAR show. Agreed. Yep. All right, let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll talk more in the world of auto racing when we return to the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove along with David Hobbs Honda. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda in Glendale. Joining me in studio, Jeff Orlowski and Tony DeZino. Thanks, guys, for joining us today. And uh, let's go to the world of IndyCar. We had IndyCars on the track at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. However, they were going the wrong way, Jeff. They were, they were going up the straightaway instead of down the straightaway. Huh. Cars don't have GPS or what? <laughs> They're on the road course. Bizarre, bizarro world strikes again whenever IndyCar is on the road course at IMS. Your favorite, not the oval. <laughs> it was it was uh, a nice, it was a little cool, but it wasn't too bad. A lot better than the next day, but we'll get to that in a second. But, uh, Tony, I was out there, and it was uh, it was pretty cool. We had some fans out on the, on the viewing mounds and that, and a little bit of spring fever was popping in Indianapolis. There's there's always something special the first time IndyCars hit the track at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, regardless of which configuration it is. Yes, you obviously prefer, we're obviously partial to the oval for that case, but the road course has kind of carved its its own niche. And, and uh, when when it is colder, you can it's easier to run a road course test than it is to run an yes. oval test in that case, and which actually is part of the reason why the oval test, which was scheduled for earlier this week, has now been postponed until the end of April after they complete a three-in-a-row stretch uh, in the next few weeks. Yeah, that was last Friday, not a day ago, but actually the week before, week prior. And then that the next day, Saturday, they got 10 inches of snow in Indianapolis. Wet, slushy snow. And I was slip sliding in my uh, tennis shoes, which I didn't have any real boots or anything, that I found out that, yeah, I think it's time to upgrade them, uh, the, the old tennies. Uh, it was... You shouldn't be wearing tennies when there's 10 inches of snow. No, but uh, <laughs> I didn't think that we were going to get 10 inches of snow. Yeah, better them than us, man. Yep. I, I was telling some buddies when I was down there, I said that's the first time I've been in, in Indianapolis when it has snowed. It's been... I've I've gone there just after it has snowed, or just or leave left just before it was about to snow, but never spent a day down there where I mean it was nasty down there, ugly day. That's yeah, crazy and, and considering the, you live there almost. Yeah. The the snow almost scuppered a friend of the show's first IndyCar test, which fortunately got to happen. Was not our snow friend effect. the Rice Lake Rocket? 
<laughs> Aaron Tielitz, uh Indy Lights driver, has been uh, had a tough start to the season. He was meant to be on pole for the first race, but crashed in qualifying. Then there was a miracle effort between a couple teams to get a car for the second race. Then he got T-boned by another car, took that one out. So, um, fortunately for him, after a nightmare weekend, he got his first IndyCar test with a Schmidt-Peterson Motorsports and was, you know... It, these aren't necessarily pace runs when it's your first time in mm-hmm. cards. Get comfortable, get used to the systems, kind of, you know, share data, understand if you're on par with Hinchcliffe. And so he was sharing James Hinchcliffe's car. I spoke to him, and, and he was pleased because he was able to give the same setup, setup feedback. He was he gelled with his engineer right off the bat. He was only within seven or eight tenths, which, you know, your first time in an IndyCar, and you're that close to the, the main guy that's, you know, the team leader. Uh, it was a really solid effort. He got about 60 laps in, and uh, he can now, you know, I'm, I'm worried he's going to big-time us now, you know, where he's just like, oh, you know, I've tested an IndyCar now, so I'm, I'm, you know, he's not quite the humble rice lake. No, but he's a super cool opportunity for him, and he's the first Indy Lights driver to test this new uh, car for this year. So it's a really cool opportunity for him, and uh, I was glad to see it. It is good to see a, a young American driver like Aaron T. Litz get a ride, or I should say get a test at least. Uh, for a team like Schmidt Peterson, and it's it's he's a kid that's worked so hard at his craft and has gone through the the ladder as they call it, yep. and it's good to see him being rewarded for that. Yep, Masro to Indy. Um, one of the cool elements for Indy Lights drivers and IndyCar teams is IndyCar teams can get an extra day of testing in if they share their car with an Indy Lights driver. So they split it and they get an extra day of running on on the outside of that. So. Um, when you look at the IndyCar grid, you know, we touched on NASCAR's young generation. IndyCar is going through the same thing where they have this kind of a few of their legacy guys, your Canons, your Dixons, your Hunter Rays, you know, even Pagano's getting in power, getting up there in years. And then you've got this wave of guys over the last three, four years that have come in, your Spencer Piggott's, your Gabby Chavez, you know, on down the line, Ed Jones, Zach Veach, what have you. Um, there's there's going to be a sea change in IndyCar, and that's starting really within the last, right about, you know, this time period. Well, yeah, you've seen it with it. Yeah, like you were saying, you know, guys like LEL, Kanan, and Ed have been in there for so long. Yeah, it's it, it's time for them. all these younger younger guys are going, retire, get out. I want I want that seat. And yeah, it's well-deserved. Yeah, good opportunity for them, especially, you know, if you have multiple retirements, you got multiple guys that can sit there and kind of come up together and, uh you know, run each other, uh, race each other for pretty much the extent of their careers. And that's how, you know, you, you can compare yourself with uh, easier with, you know, where you're not comparing to somebody who's been in the in racing at that level for 15 years. It makes good rivalries. There's a whole lot of positives to it. Yep. And did you know, Jeff, the number 13 is number one at the Indianapolis 500? It's not going to this year either. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Jeff, can you guess who's running the number 13 at Indianapolis this year? Tony DeZino. No. Uh, no, I can guarantee you it wouldn't win in that case. But <laughs> Who's running the 13? Danica. Oh, is that Danica Patrick? Danica yeah. Patrick unveiled wow. her colors this this week for with uh, uh, Ed Carpenter Racing. Tony? 
And I should, you know, snark aside, I, the the reason I don't think she'll win the Indy 500 is because there's such a deep field and no one has an idea of what this car in its first race will be like, what the lower downforce, what the lower drag, and, and everything else. And she hasn't been in an open-wheel car in seven years. That being said, the team's done really well there. They've won the pole a couple times, uh, the Ed Carpenter Racing Group. But um, Danica unveiled her car this week. Um, it is that flashing lime green that's similar to the Daytona 500 scheme. Um, but it is adding up all of these stereotypical bad things that you don't want to have on your car. You don't want a green race car. You don't want a number 13. So she's picked both of them, um, owing to uh, a couple teams not exactly being keen on letting go of some of her other numbers. Seven wasn't available. 16, I understand, wasn't available. Those were the two she ran in IndyCar. So instead, she's got a green 13. Just needs planners. <laughs> I, I, it's not because it's quote unquote unlucky, but I've just never been a fan of, of the aesthetics of the 13, even when guys like Greg Ray or Robbie Gordon have run. It, had, it hadn't run in, I think, eight or nine years. And the last one that had it was EJ Viso. So that wasn't going to win either. It didn't, know? it didn't bode well for him either. No. Uh, I know I was just doing one of these, uh, stat numbers by the numbers things for, uh, the SVRA magazine. And uh, one of them I did was uh, the number 18, which is the lowest number, not 13, that is not one at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So Bourdais screwed then this year is what you're well, saying. Well, he can so. change that. He can change that this year. but Which, would, which I mean, admittedly, that would be one heck of a redemption story. And if you go if the other is... way, it's 97. 97 is number one, but 98 and 99 has. It's good stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Dropping some numerology. How about this one? The number 96 was the other one it came up with. The number 96. Those were the the number of laps Wilbur Shaw ran to win the Milwaukee 100 in 1937 because, well, they screwed up the scoring. (laughs) And you were there. Yeah, I was not there. (laughs) But... Yeah, I know, I know, I knew a guy that was, and yeah, they just kind of screwed up, and uh, they they brought him in, and they said, "Oh, by the way, you only ran ninety six, but ah, we're we're done." I apologize; they never let me live that down. Yeah. You know, it was rough. So, uh, Jeff Olson wrote wrote an interesting article in uh, IndyCar dot com talking about the NBC uh, TV deal that's coming up for next year. And he, you know, he talks about he's a big baseball fan, and they have like a what? A, I'm I I know the sun the the NFL one with the Sunday ticket because I've always gotten that. You know, I've always would place my call to direct TV saying, "Hey, I've been a subscriber. Why am I paying so much?" And then he always you know shave a few bucks off. But oh yeah. He talks about this NBC Sports Gold package. Tony, tell me you know a little bit about this. I do. Um. From my, my previous uh, era, I guess we'll call it, um, NBC Sports Gold is a compendium option online streaming only that gives exclusive, but like it's sports specific. So like they've done this with Premier League. They've done this with, with okay. the Tour de France cycling, a couple of their other sports And the Olympics too, did so, they have this? Uh, Olympics is uh, is a little different. But, okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Because I have never heard about this. It's been around. It's it's a recent ad. It's only within the well, last year. Well, if they have it for IndyCar, I'm in. I will definitely get that. Oh, they got one sale. Yeah, we're up to one. So okay, well we got one. Okay, when they race the ovals, I'll buy it. (laughs) Let's take a break here. It's time for a sports flash, and uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little Formula One racing coming up. We got an interview with Mike Thompson of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Museum. Some interesting stuff there with 
what's coming on in the museum down in Indianapolis where you need to get down to and visit. And then, of course, our friends at Race Talk Radio, Dennis Michelson and Lori Monroe, talking more from the world of NASCAR coming up on the final inspection show brought to you by Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 